Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Soli Deo Gloria means glory to God alone. The simple truth it confesses is that God alone is worthy to receive all glory. Indeed, God alone does all that is truly glorious. It is God's glory to create life, redeem and sanctify life, to provide for and preserve life. When Isaac asked his father, where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham's response to his son pointed to the glory of God. He said to him, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering. God in his glory did precisely that. He provided the ram caught by its thorns in a thicket to take Isaac's place. Likewise, he provided his own lamb, his son, Jesus Christ, to take the place of sinners in the tomb. He has, and he will provide all that is needed to support the needs of our bodies, including our body's resurrection from death. When we pray to God in the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread, we are in fact recognizing the one who has provided us all, all that is needed to sustain and preserve our lives. Yes, to the unrepentant sinner, this glory of God is not actually quite as simple as it perhaps ought to be. The sin in which we were all conceived actually challenges the simplicity of God's glory in our lives. Our sinful nature is just not satisfied with God's provision. We desire more than to humbly receive and accept from God all that we need to sustain our lives. In our sin, we actually desire to be God. We desire the glory for ourselves. We now give attention to our text. A wealthy ruler addressed Jesus as good teacher and asked what he should do to inherit eternal life. It's a simple question, right? Jesus is the teacher, and he is good after all, right? There must be some effort required on the part of man to inherit eternal life, right? Staying faithful by doing works, obeying God's commandments, attending church, supporting the budget with faithful tithing. All these must attribute something to our ability to inherit eternal life, right? Well, maybe not. Jesus had harsh words for the wealthy monarch. He said to him, Why do you say I am good? No one is good except God. The ruler had stepped on his toes, spit in his eye, called him good, as if by his own willpower he could qualify Jesus as such. The continuation of our Lord's response is quite telling. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and mother. He referenced the sixth, fifth, seventh, and fourth commandments in that order, as St. Luke was inspired to write, all from the second table of the Ten Commandments given through Moses. How curious it is that God did not point the ruler to the three commandments of the first table, you shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Honor the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. These first table commandments point directly to God's glory. Christ alone bears the flesh of God. 
Christ alone reveals the name of the Lord. And Christ is glorified by the honor given to the Sabbath day. Yet our Lord pointed to him to the second table, commandments which the ruler claimed he had obeyed since his youth. Surely he must be worthy of inheriting eternal life based on that merit alone, right? Perhaps not. The student was told by the teacher what it was he lacked, namely the Holy Spirit of God, which works God's glory through all things. The ruler was told to go and sell all he had and give it to the poor, upon which he would have treasures in heaven, and he was invited to come and follow Jesus. Actually, it is God who sold all he had when he gave his one and only son to atone for sin. It is God who gave everything he had to us poor sinners when the lifeblood of Christ was poured out on the cross. It is God who gives the wealth and treasure of eternity by making the praise and thanksgiving of redeemed sinners to be his treasure in heaven. If this ruler had followed Jesus to Jerusalem, he would have seen with his own eyes the wealth which God gives to the poor. He would have been present to witness the glory of God providing that which man cannot otherwise attain, the forgiveness of sin. Yet, that ruler was rich, probably more so than either you or I ever will be, probably on the scale of George Soros rich. And he went away saddened at the thought that he lacked what was needed to inherit eternal life. If Jesus had but told him that only God could buy his way into heaven, if Jesus had but taught him what the real price tag for eternal life is, little did that ruler know that's exactly what Jesus, the good teacher, had done. Christ had explained to him in a hidden manner what the cost of eternal life actually is and what the ruler had to do to receive it. Proverbs 25.2 says, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search a matter out is the glory of kings. Jesus had invited this king, this, this ruler, to search the matter out, to discover the cost of eternal life. Jesus was teaching him that his wealth couldn't pay for what the Lord was going to do. Jesus revealed to him the truth that nothing can equal the value of his body and blood. Christ was offering the ruler the opportunity to receive, like a poor beggar, the atonement which would wash him clean of his sin and make him a child of God, bestowing upon him the inheritance of eternal life. This rich young ruler desired the glory of God, something that was impossible for him to attain. Jesus declared that it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle, something completely impossible, than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Sinful man, in his glory, desires to do what he cannot ever hope to accomplish, earning eternal life with God. Yet it is God's glory to do that which is impossible for man, to bring sinners into his eternal kingdom. To follow Jesus, believe in him, and trust in the grace given through his body and blood, even that is not possible for us without the work of the Holy Spirit. No pastor, no church worker, no pious Christian 
can earn or be worthy of receiving the gift that is the blood Jesus shed for them on the cross. God's glory is to provide all which is needed to sustain life. And in Christ, he has done just that. Not because we are worthy to ask and receive, but because he is worthy to bend low and give. Christ had declared to Satan, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus, the incarnate word of God, the bread that came down from heaven, the true manna in the wilderness of this world's sin, feeds sinners their forgiveness and grants that gift of eternal life which no morsel of worldly sustenance can give. Our daily bread is much more than just the food, drink, clothing, and other means which we need to live well in this life. Our true daily bread is the Word of God, the body and blood of Christ given for us to eat and drink, the righteousness of Christ we are clothed with when we are baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and everything God has stored up for us in eternity when we shall live with him in paradise. There is nothing we can give to God which we ourselves were not given. Nothing we could offer him which he did not make possible. Nothing we could do for him which is not in truth his doing. God has provided everything as only he could and has made simple what we would otherwise complicate. Rather than depriving God of what is his, and complicating the truth further, we actually sell our glory in the confession of our sin and offer to those poor in faith the confession of who Christ is. His glory fills our hearts with faith and gratitude, leading us away from our own doing and to that which God has done. Thus, we follow Christ to the cross where we were given the pardon and peace from that which God alone can afford. There we are shown. There we discover that Jesus did what was impossible for man alone to do. To God alone be the glory. Amen.